0: Amen. Okay, Uh, we'll keep the verse up here to practice here in a minute, but then let's also go to Genesis 5. Genesis chapter 5 and verse 28. But before we do that, let's uh, let's go through this one a few times. Acts 9.31. Then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria, and were edified, and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost were multiplied. Acts 9:31. Acts 9:31. Then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost were multiplied Acts 9:31 Acts 9:31 Then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord And in the comfort of the Holy Ghost were multiplied. Acts 9.31. Amen. Brother Jim, would you lead us in prayer, please, sir? Genesis 5.28, Genesis 5.28. And Lamech lived an hundred eighty and two years and begat a son. And he called his name Noah, saying, This same shall what? Comfort us us concerning our work and toil of our hands because of the ground which the Lord hath cursed. And Lamech lived after he begat Noah five hundred ninety and five years And begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Lamech were seven hundred, seventy, and seven years, and he died. And Noah was five hundred years old, and Noah begat Shem, Him, and Japheth. We see there from verse 29, and he called his name Noah, saying, This same shall comfort us concerning our work and toil of our hands. So the name Noah means rest, and that's what we're looking at here, the, the comfort, the comfort. Do you ever need comfort? Do you ever need rest? Yes. Why did Lamech desire comfort? Well, because life was hard. It goes on to say in verse 29, it said, This same shall comfort us concerning our work and toil of our hands, because of the ground which the Lord hath what? Cursed. Lamech desired comfort. He desired rest because of the ground which the Lord had cursed because of Adam and Eve's sin. If you go back to chapter three and verse seventeen, Acts or excuse me, Genesis three, seventeen. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. And then what did he say? Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shalt bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. For out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art. And unto dust shalt thou return. You know, God made man miraculously and wonderfully from the dust of the ground. And yet that same dust would become a curse to man because of the sin. Notice in chapter 2, Genesis 2 and verse 7. Isn't it sad how there's so many miraculous and great things that God has made, but because of sin... Those things become hard. Um, You think of all the wonderful inventions man has made. I mean, you think the radio was a wonderful invention, but what happened for the most part? Man has corrupted it. It's mostly rock music on it, wherever you turn. Um, The television was a marvelous invention. You can hear sound, see a picture, but for the most part, what has man done? Thoroughly corrupted it, to the point where a lot of times people wouldn't even want a television in their house. It was so bad. And of course now there's other options to DVDs and so on to to put through it. But um, in Genesis two seven, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So. What what hath God wrought from the dust, a miracle, but it would become a curse to man? Psalm 139, we think once again about what God has created. I uh, was talking to Sister Maxine about the knee replacement and things that she had received. And he, we take so much for granted, don't we? these bodies and the mobility we have of our different joints we take them all for granted until they start to hurt until they start to wear out and then we realize just how marvelous how miraculous we are made in psalm 139 verse 14 my substance was not hid from thee when i was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth Thine eyes did see my substance yet being unperfect, and in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned when as yet there was none of them. So um, and I should have went back to verse fourteen, let's drop back there. Verse fourteen I will praise thee for I am fearfully and what? Wonderfully made, marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. So that same ground in Genesis three would become cursed, would become with thorns. If you go back there once again in Genesis three and verse seventeen. Genesis three, seventeen. So in the middle of verse seventeen, cursed is the ground for thy sake, and sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. You know, the same ground which produces such a beautiful yard, beautiful green grass, that same ground when you try to till it up and plant uh, crops, what happens? The race is on. Soon as you till that ground, the race is on to try to get the crops in because the race is to try to get those crops to grow before the weeds take over again. And it's a race to the end trying to keep those weeds down. So, back in Genesis 5, so when Lamech and his wife had a baby boy, Lamech was longing for comfort. Comfort. He wanted rest, verse 29, Genesis five twenty nine, And he called his name Noah, saying, The same shall comfort us concerning our work and toil of our hands because of the ground which the Lord hath cursed. You know, if man only realized how foolish he is, man curses God, the one who promises a curse-free eternity. But by man cursing God and rejecting God, what does man have? A cursed eternity in the lake of fire. Uh, Man is so foolish to shake his fist at God. But how would this baby boy bring Lamech comfort? How would he change the fact that the ground is cursed? Well, number one, if you're taking notes, Noah was a humble man, a humble man. In chapter six and verse one. And it came to pass when men began to multiply in the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be an hundred and twenty years. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men which were of old, men of renown. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. You know, years ago, Hollywood producers started producing the most horrible movies and, I guess people didn't really think, because now in our time, in the last maybe five years or so, a lot of people are coming out and telling how wicked and abusive these people have been, these producers, and and uh, is it any wonder? How could you produce movie after movie like that and not be like that? And that is what has come out. Those people really are like that. They are living their imaginations. They are wicked. But Noah was different. He was a humble man. Um, it said there in verse 8, But Noah found what? Grace in the eyes of the Lord. How do we find grace in the eyes of the Lord? How does anyone? Well, it's through humility. Notice First Peter 5. 1 Peter 5, how do we find that grace? God offers grace to all of mankind, but not all of mankind accepts that grace. Why don't they? It's this very thing here, humility. 1 Peter 5 and verse 5. The Bible says, Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another. And be clothed with what? Humility. Now, that should be pretty noticeable about us then, right? I mean, if we are clothed with humility, it should be something readily noticeable. I mean, you can see clothes, can't you? So if we're clothed with humility, it should be a very part of our lives that people can see. Be clothed with humility. For God resisteth who the proud proud, and giveth what grace Grace to who The the humble. So when Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, it tells us Noah was a humble man. Verse six, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him. For he careth for you. So, if we want comfort, we need to be humble. If we want comfort, we need to be humble. Why? Because, verse 5, God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. So, if we want grace in our lives, we need to be clothed with humility. And we know God hates pride. Notice with me in Proverbs 6, Proverbs 6, God has a hate list and pride is number one on it. Proverbs 6, 16, Proverbs 6, 16, these six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. And what's the first one? A proud look. look. So that's, that is number one on God's hate list. A proud look. So we need to be clothed with humility in our lives. Notice in Proverbs 29. Proverbs 29 and verse 23. So as we as we are like Lamech and we we're tired, we need rest. We're hurting. We need comfort. Proverbs 29, 23. The Bible says a man's what? Pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold who? The humble in spirit. A man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. So when we are so desiring comfort in our lives, we need to remember the first thing. If I desire comfort, if I desire rest, I need to be humble that God might bless me. Um, notice in Mark chapter 7, Mark chapter 7 and verse 21, Mark 7, 21. The Bible says, for from within, out of what? The heart of men, heart of men proceed evil thoughts, adulteries fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, and then what? Pride, Pride, foolishness, all these what? Evil Evil things come from within and defile the man. So where where does pride come from? Right in that old deceitful heart. That's where pride comes in. Isn't it something? Just the tiniest little victory we have in life, isn't it so easy for pride to swell up? Just the, the tiniest little thing. And, and, and it, isn't it sad because that very little thing oozing up and welling up in our hearts is the very thing that will destroy all the joy of any, of any victory. I'll notice in First John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 16. The Bible says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes, and the what? The pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. So, As we go back to Genesis 6, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And we see here that if we want grace in our lives, then we need to be clothed with humility. So number one, Noah was a humble man. That's why he would bring rest to the people. Number two, Noah was a godly man. Noah was a godly man. Notice in Genesis 6, 9. Genesis 6, 9, these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a what? A just man and perfect in his generation. Um, The word just means lawful or righteous. The word perfect means complete, full, perfect, sincerity, sound, without spot, undefiled, upright. So Noah was a just man and perfect in his generation. He was a godly man. And you know, when we are ungodly, we don't bring joy to anyone, do we? It's when we're godly is when we bring joy. Notice in Hebrews 12, Hebrews 12. Noah was a godly man, but Esau was not a godly man. Why? What was true of Esau? Hebrews 12.15, Hebrews 12.15, looking diligently, lest any man fail of what? The grace grace of God. And what does it require on our part to receive that grace? Humility. We're saved by grace, but no one is ever saved who is proud. The (laughs) only way to be saved is to humble ourselves before God. And that's when we can receive his grace. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled, lest there be any fornicator or profane person as who? Esau, Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. For you know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was what? Rejected, for he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. Why didn't he find a place of repentance? Because he wouldn't repent of his fornication and his wicked life. Notice in Genesis 26, Genesis 26, Esau married ungodly girls. Genesis 26, 34. Genesis twenty six and verse thirty four. And Esau was forty years old when he took to wife Judith, the daughter of Beri the Hittite, and Bashemeth the daughter of Elon the Hittite. So both of these girls were Hittites. They were not God's people. And in verse thirty five it says, Which were a what? Grief, Grief of mind, unto who? Isaac and to Rebecca. So these unsaved girls were a grief of mind to his parents. Um, Esau's parents found no comfort in his life because of how he was living. He married these unsaved girls, and as we just read in Hebrews he, 12, he was a fornicator. He was an immoral young man, and it broke the heart the hearts of his parents. Notice in Proverbs 17, Proverbs 17 and verse 21. Proverbs 17 and verse 21. We're thinking about sorrow versus comfort. Sorrow versus comfort. Proverbs seventeen twenty-one. He that begetteth what? A fool doeth it to what? His sorrow, and the father of a fool hath what? No joy. Look down in verse 25, proverbs 1725A foolish son is a what? Grief to his father, and what? Bitterness to her that bare him. So that's the opposite of comfort. That's the opposite of joy. It's grief and bitterness. That was Esau. He was a grief of mind to both of his parents. Even though his father favored him over Jacob, his way of life was still a grief of mind to his daddy. Um, Look in Genesis 27. Genesis 27 and verse 46. Genesis 47, excuse me, Genesis 27, 46. Genesis 27, 46. And Rebekah said to Isaac, I am what? Weary of my life because of who? The daughters. the daughters of Hath. If Jacob take a wife of the daughters of Hath, such as these, which are of the daughters of the land, what good shall my life do me? And of course, Rebekah at this point had another ulterior motive hidden to Isaac at this point, but. The fact remained that we already read that Esau's way of life was a grief of mine to both of his parents. But Noah was different. Noah was a humble man. Number two, Noah was a godly man. Number three, Noah was a faithful man. Back in Genesis 6, Noah was a faithful man. Genesis 6 and verse 9. These are the generations of Noah Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah what walked with, walked with God. You know, some people in life, and and you know, you've met all kinds of people. Some people in regard to God are like fireworks. Um, they're just for a short time. I mean, they're all in it. The fireworks fly. You know, they're bubbly and they talk about God and. They're ready to do anything for God, and they're ready to shine. But they're like fireworks, and fireworks don't last too long, do they? And as soon as the lights of fireworks go out, what do you have left? Smoke and darkness. Smoke and darkness. Um, We don't want to be like fireworks. We want to be a faithful man. Noah walked with God. He consistently walked with God. In chapter 6, the first two verses there, um, they they saw these daughters of men. In verse 2, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. So Noah did not follow that crowd. Uh, we do not read that Noah had any more than one wife, and that was really rare in the Old Testament. But we never read he had more than one wife or a concubine or anything like that. Noah was a faithful man. Um, you look in verse five there, Genesis six five, and and God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every what? Imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. So Noah was different. He was a faithful man. How can we be faithful in that? Well, turn with me to Second Corinthians. Chapter 10, how can we be faithful and not be like this vile world in their imaginations? Second Corinthians 10 and verse 5, it says, Casting down what? Imaginations. And every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity what? Every thought, every thought to the obedience of Christ. You know, the imagination can be such a wonderful thing. Um, the flowers and decorations. Someone put an imagination in a good way and arranged flowers and things that go together. But uh, the imagination can be used for such evil and such darkness unless it's yielded to God, unless every thought is brought into his captivity. Um notice in Genesis six once again, verse thirteen genesis six thirteen now, I do not know when it came to the ark. I mean, God told Noah to build the ark and some of the things about it like like the size and and the type of wood let's start in verse thirteen genesis six thirteen And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of what? Gopher wood. So God tells them what type of wood uh, out of which to make it. Rooms shalt thou make in the ark. So it wasn't all just one wide open thing inside. There was rooms. And shall pitch it within and without with pitch. So tells them to make it waterproof. Verse 15, and this is the fashion which thou shalt make it of, the length of the ark shall be what? 300 300 cubits. A cubit is a foot and a half. So you multiply 300 by 1.5 and you have 450. So the ark was 450 feet long. The breadth of it was what? 50 cubits. So it was 75 feet wide. And the height of it was what? 30 30 cubits. So it was 45 feet high. As I said, if you go out when you leave tonight, if you look back at the building, the building's 80 feet, so that was about the width of the ark. Top of the steeple is 46 feet, so that's very close to the top of the ark. The only thing I can't picture for you is the length. That's a football field and a half long. So God gave him certain instructions, but so I don't know how much other detail he gave him, but if you could imagine trying to make something that long, and have it actually sturdy on rough water and not break apart, uh, it would need some great engineering done on that to make it float and not break apart. Now you get something that long, and if you have if you get in a situation where there's only one wave in the middle of the ship uh, you 've got a lot of stress and a lot of weight on that so um, I don't know how much in detail God gave him how to do it, but nonetheless, Noah's imagination and thoughts was into building that ark. Um, years ago, when I was in construction, I didn't want any music playing when I was working, because you're in construction, you're constantly working with numbers and measurements, and that was just distracting to me. Today, I go by job sites, and there's you know, there'll be a radio just blasting rock music, and I don't know how they think. I don't know how they remember the measurements and all that that stuff you need to do on that job. But Noah needed to use his imagination in a good way, and he he did all the time building that ark. So Noah was a humble man. Number two, he was a godly man. Number three, he was a faithful man. Number four, he was a preacher man. Preacher man, second Peter 2, Second Peter 2 and verse 4. Now, God told him um, that he and his wife and sons and daughters-in-law would get on that ark. But you know what? Noah didn't say, well, praise the Lord, um, as long as my family is safe, I don't care about anybody else. No, that was not his attitude. Second Peter 2 and verse 4. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment and spared not the old world, but saved who? Noah, Noah, the eighth person, a what? Preacher Preacher of what? Righteousness. Righteousness. Bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. So Noah was not only a shipbuilder for those years, He was also a preacher, a preacher of righteousness. So preacher of righteousness in a day when people were taking as many wives as they wanted. A preacher of righteousness in a day when man's imagination was only wicked continually. Uh, A preacher of righteousness in a day when men reveled in violence. God said the earth was filled with violence. In such a day, Noah was a preacher of righteousness. I wonder if he was up on those different levels of the ark and would ever start preaching from that height. And I wonder how people responded. Did they scoff at him? I was just in town later this afternoon, and um, I saw a little sports car come right up behind my van. And it was a teeny little thing, I mean, short A man and a woman was in the car, and I thought, well, that thing is so short and tiny, the only thing they have to look at is my license plate, and it says, Bible for you. And you know what? It didn't take very many seconds at all, and he pulled right around me and right up beside me, and, and the woman was just mocking me, mocking It. It got to him, that license plate. He was not going to sit and look at the license plate. He was going to pull up beside me and mock me. Um, but then other people um, other people want the gospel to go out. I was out in the street last evening, and a car pulled up beside, and a man had his hand out the window. I don't know if it was his wife driving, but a woman was driving, and the man was on the passenger side. And he had a hand out the window was full of cash. Well, I mean, there's more than one bill, i I don't know what denomination the, the bills were, but he had a handful of cash. And he was, here. I says, I don't want your money. Salvation is free. You can't buy salvation. And, no, here. I says, I don't want your money. And then the woman started in. Take the money, take the money. Buy some more billboards. I think she was talking about the scripture verses I was holding. I I said, I don't want your money. Um, And I don't want anyone to think that salvation can be bought. And, you know, they go handing me money. What are other people going to think? I said, no. Um, So, you know, there's all kinds of people out there, but so many need the Lord, and the Lord can't be bought with money. And uh, but Noah was a preacher man. And w- let us get the gospel out as well. Notice in Ezekiel thirty-three, Ezekiel thirty-three, and verse eleven, Ezekiel thirty-three, eleven. Say unto them, as I live, saith the Lord God, I have what. No pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked, what? Turn from his way and live. Turn ye, turn ye from your evil ways. For why will ye die, O house of Israel? Noah would bring comfort to Lamech. Noah would be a humble man. He would be a godly man. He would be a faithful man. He would be a preacher man. And I pray that God would help us. You know, I know things are heating up more and more for November in the political realm. There's no politician that's going to save us. It's only God. Only God. And we need to pray for our leaders to repent and get saved and plead with God for mercy and for His grace. And if we want His grace, we need to be clothed with humility. May we be like Noah. May we walk with God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would help us. We know, Lord, that you tell us that pride comes from our evil hearts. And Lord, I pray you'd forgive us. Lord, it's just sometimes the very simplest of things that cause pride to well up in our hearts. And then And then it only robs us of the blessing because you hate pride. So, Lord, help us to be like Noah. Help us to be humble. Help us to walk with you. Lord, the day indeed does seem to be so much like the days of Noah. But, Lord, help us to to take note of that Noah did remain faithful. For all those years building the ark, and that you did spare his whole family. And Lord, we need your help tonight. We need your power and your strength. Lord, we need your comfort. Lord, we're praying for a revival, a great awakening. Lord, we thank you for the Comforter, the Holy Spirit. And may he not be grieved. With us, may we be walking with you. May the Holy Spirit not be quenched by our lives. May we be walking with you so that His flame can burn, His flame of conviction in the lost sinners. And Lord, for those here tonight whose hearts are heavy, uh, who are facing The curse of this world, the ground being cursed, maybe in their jobs, it's been a rough week. Uh, Lord, we pray for your comfort, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Let's take our...